Yeah, I do want oyster crackers though. Oyster crackers. Are I, would, good. I would gladly at any point eat a whole bag of oyster crackers. Yeah, I should buy oyster crackers. Honestly, those are good shit. <laughs> you, you, what is the? What is the way just, you're looking at this me? This is so funny to find out that we both, that both of you have a strong love for oyster They're crackers. They're good crackers. They're good. And I'm not. It's not weird or anything. I've just never had a strong opinion on them either way. They're like a, It's. I feel like it's a weird childhood thing. Yeah. For me, I least. was going to say. I, I remember my parents would because uh, they put come them in like a paper bag with like a bunch of like spices or something and serve as like a snack at parties. Well, they always would give them. No, they when you go to go to restaurants. That's what I was going to say. When you order like a chowder yeah, or something, yeah, any like they'll family you, style restaurant. Yeah, they'll always they give you a little like packet a, of them. A thing of soup and a little packet of yeah. oyster crackers, and my mom would always be like, "Do you want the oyster crackers?" And I'd be like, "Yes, I want." The <laughs> Fuck yes, crackers. I do. And I just developed a love for them. Anyway, I mean, there's also like some are better than others too. It must be yes, said. like there are for like sure. there are very like quality ones that I yeah. like a lot. Good gourmet like, oyster. Right, crackers. like if you're going to like the Cape at some like nice little place, yeah. you'll get the good shit there. Hi, we make our own oyster crackers. Boo. Yeah, that's up there with making your own ketchup in terms of shit I don't want. My brother didn't know what to get me for Christmas. Oyster he crackers. Literally, <laughs> he literally was like. What are some things you want or whatever? Because mom doesn't not helpful, and I said, I don't. I was like, I don't know, just consumable stuff. Like maybe if you find some like nice like weird foods or gourmet food snacks or whatever, or whatever. I just was like throwing things out there, and then I found out later because I was fixing stuff in my parents' phones as I am often wanting to do when I was looking at my mom's phone that he was low key giving me shit to my mom about my using the word gourmet as if that was like a incredibly bougie. Lost and lonely, you just like her. You soft and only you. Lost and lonely, you just like. And welcome to another episode of Why Did We Watch This, the podcast where three friends sit down and watch a troubled movie, have a nice little drink, talk about what was good, what was bad, and how we could fix it and do it all so much better. I am your host for this week, Lee. God gave us alcohol as a social lubricant. Make men brave, make women loose. Delahanty. <laughs> I am Brendan, lonely homewrecking whore Drischler. And I'm Chris. Hello, Osama? Communism is over. Let your people have toilet paper or whatever. Ravel. And as you cannot tell from those nicknames, uh, we have just finished watching 2005's Just Like Heaven, starring... Uh, hold on, Reese Witherspoon. That's Reese the Witherspoon, one. Mark yeah, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. I, I mean, after that, there's a little Character John Heater, obviously. Yeah, John, yeah, John Heater. Um, I, I can't remember like the actor who plays her sister. Ben Shankman's a doctor. That's about all I yeah, got. Yeah, really. directed by Mark Waters. Yeah, Mark Waters, whom you know you've probably seen Freaky Friday or Mean Girls, obviously. So yeah, we got that. It's a good movie. Well, not a well, good movie. <laughs> it's a movie. It's a, it's a cast. It's, I mean, it's not active torture. Yeah, you know? not active torture. Yeah, um, it's a movie. It's fun to watch uh, Reese Witherspoon and Mark Ruffalo <laughs> in a early in their, 2000s yeah. rom-com. In their elements in their prime. And uh, obviously to get through this movie, we had to have a nice little drink to go with it. What did we yes. have this week? So the drink that we made is called Unfinished Business. To make unfinished business, you need two ounces of honey, one cinnamon stick, two teaspoons of cloves, three ounces of bourbon, an ounce and a half of lemon juice, and 12 ounces of tea. So first, you're going to make yourself a little 
syrup. And let me tell you, it's simple. You combine the honey with two ounces of water in a saucepan over medium-high heat, add cinnamon sticks and some cloves and bring to a simmer. Remove from heat and let steep for 10 minutes, then strain out those solids. Then you make a toddy by mixing one ounce of the syrup with four ounces of tea in a mug. Add half an ounce of lemon juice and one ounce of bourbon and stir it well. Then you garnish it with a little lemon wheel. And actually, I should also probably say, I used less cloves than two teaspoons of mm -hmm. cloves because that was an overpowering amount of cloves that mm -hmm. I don't know how I ended up with that amount. I think it might have been some weird attempt where we were looking at a recipe that used anise, and maybe I was mm -hmm. like going off that. But uh, yeah, don't use that much cloves. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought it was really yummy and cozy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it, it was... had a nice like winter spice. Flavor. Yeah, it did. It did. Yeah, it felt like um, the kind of drink that you would give to a sick person. Yes, Lisa said it, it, it does have very like a pleasantly medicinal yeah. sort of yes. sense to it. It yeah. sort of reminds me of when uh, <laughs> we had a middle school teacher. Uh, he was a very old. He was nice, but he was like. A very old man and um i remember when uh my brother had him my i think he, he had like strep throat or something and i just remember the teacher made this comment that was like you know back in my day you know how we uh you know how we treated that we just give yourself a hot toddy and get under a bunch of blankets and sweat it out man just burn it right out of you yeah but yeah no i thought it was a lovely hot toddy yeah yeah it was nice uh, it was very pleasant it was um it was a uh, sweet, a little sour. Mm -hmm. I liked the tea that we used for the base of the yeah, drink a lot. That was good tea. Mm -hmm. that, was a, that was a nice tea. What, what yeah. was that again, Lee? That was um, called Spellbound by Spellbound. Bees, and, Bees and Teas. Bees and Teas, right? Yeah, it was. It was a good. It was. Uh, what, do you remember like what the flavor profile was of that? Um, it's it's a complicated one, but there's like rose hips. Um, it's a pink tea. It is a pink tea. A lot tea, of botanicals. Yeah, yeah it's a lot yeah. of different botanicals. But it's, yeah, I would say rose is a predominant flavor. Yes. And to answer our question that we had earlier, it did not really affect the color of the drink much at all in terms of color. We were wondering if it would be like it's a kind little of like pinker. an ambery. But yeah, it ended up, I think, the color that you would expect a hot toddy yeah. to be yeah. tea colored. Tea colored, yeah. Like tea. Uh, yeah. It looks kind like of, tea. Kind of, yeah, just like an amber. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Chris, um, someone's going to have to explain <laughs> what the half. Yeah, can you tell us what, it, what, what exactly is just like heaven? Elizabeth Masterson, an emergency room physician in San Francisco whose work is everything is in a car crash while on her way to a blind date at her sister's. Three months later, landscape architect David Abbott, needing a fresh start after his wife's death, takes a sublet on Elizabeth's apartment. Elizabeth begins to appear in the apartment and both are confused. She thinks he is a squatter and he thinks she broke in. They soon realize she moves through walls and objects. <laughs> Elizabeth does not know who she is and insists she, that does not know who she is and insists she is not dead. David unsuccessfully tries to have her spirit exercise. As David can only see or hear her, others think he is hallucinating and talking to himself. Elizabeth asks him to help her discover who she really is, and David talks to her neighbors, but they don't know don't but they did not know her. David enlists the help of a psychic bookstore clerk, Daryl, who says Elizabeth is not really dead. We've said that a lot already. He also tells David he has clearly got a blocked heart and he needs to let go of the woman who was previously in his life. Not like a medical blocked heart, Correct. mind you. That would be uh, quite a revelation. When Elizabeth says he should get over being dumped, he storms out and Daryl tells Elizabeth to not disrespect the dead. She finds David and he explains about the death of his wife. Checking a restaurant, she recognizes a man has a medical emergency, so Elizabeth helps David save his life. Suddenly she remembers being a doctor and they go to the nearest hospital where it all comes flooding back. Dr. Fran Lowe, her mentor, takes him to Elizabeth, who is in a coma. When David touches her hand, Elizabeth feels it, meaning she is still connected to her body. Elizabeth's sister Abby arrives, and Dr. Brett Rushton, Elizabeth's rival, notifies her that Elizabeth signed an NDR order. He asks her to sign off on, a discon on disconnecting life support, and she says she will consider it. David and Elizabeth bond when he takes her to a beautiful landscaped garden he designed. She tells him she 
she senses she has been there before. In fact, she was dreaming of the garden in the opening scenes of the film while, <clears throat> while catnapping during the long shift. When David is told he has been offered a long-term lease, he realizes Elizabeth will be taken off life support. He tries to prevent it by going to Abby's to tell her that she is communicating with him. While there, Elizabeth discovers that her niece Lily can see her. David begs Abby to keep her alive, but she has already signed the papers with life support ending the next day. As a last-ditch effort, David blurts out Abby's secret from her wedding day, freaking her out, so she drives him out of her house. Elizabeth opts to spend her last night with David in the apartment. The next morning, he is determined to prevent her death by stealing her body from the hospital. He enlists his friend and therapist. He's a therapist? They say, no, they he say is, in the yeah. beginning. Because he says something like, like, are you charging me for this yeah. or whatever when they're having oh, a talk? Yeah. Right. Well, he's a shitty therapist. <laughs> bad opinions to help. It turns out... I Jack, mean, he could be a very good therapist, but a very bad man. The two things are not mutually exclusive. It turns out Jack is Abby's former college boyfriend, and the two had set up David and Elizabeth on a blind date on the night of the crash. David can see her because they were meant to meet. He admits to Jack and Elizabeth that he loves her. Security guards catch them trying to steal Elizabeth's body. As they pull Jack away from her, her breathing tube comes off. Elizabeth is now dying, and David frantically kisses her body. Well, that makes it sound weirder than it really is. He just kisses on yeah. her on the lips while her spirit fades away. Her heartbeat returns. <laughs> yeah, on the shoulder, on the arm. I, I shall start from the toes. <laughs> Working yeah. my way up. Uh, her heartbeat returns and she awakens from the coma. She recognizes Abby, but not David, and he sadly leaves. Sometime later, Elizabeth moves back into her apartment. Drawn to the roof, she finds David, who has transformed it into a landscaped garden. He reveals he had gotten in using a spare key her spirit had shown him. When Elizabeth's when Elizabeth asks her for her key back, their hands touch. Her memory of the events during her coma are restored, and they kiss happily. The final scene fades away from the rooftop to show Daryl staring into a snow globe, happy with quote unquote seeing how things have turned out. Nice. Yeah. Um, that was just like heaven. That was just, just like heaven. Like heaven. And Thank I you. couldn't tell the difference between this movie and heaven, could you? No, watching no, it was like just it. like heaven. Yeah, yeah. almost <laughs> all the way to heaven. Yeah, oh god, I, I hope titles. heaven is just like this—a yeah. mid-tier, mid-two thousands oh supernatural rom-com. Oh man, we should be so lucky. Yeah, just just real quick, uh, Elizabeth Masters is Reese Witherspoon. Witherspoon. Right. David is Mark Ruffalo. Right. I don't remember John Heater's name. Daryl. 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 And Darryl. everyone else like is kind of like an actor who we don't really know that well. No, um, not really. So like, you know, I mean, like, we recognized Abby as Frasier's first wife from an episode of Frasier. His younger, the younger version of his first wife, because it was originally, of course, played by Emma Thompson in Cheers. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And so, obviously, they did not have Emma Thompson money, so they were like, <laughs> you can be the young version of her anyway. Yeah. Um, Tune into my Frasier podcast, where I will be dissecting every episode of Frasier. What's your Frasier podcast called? I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> or would it be like, I'm watching? I'm watching. Yeah, yeah. I'm watching. Watching. Frasier podcast. I'm watching. <laughs> and then, would you, would you have to welcome uh, your 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 best bulldog, Lee Delahanty? Yes, of oh course. How mad dare dog. you? Best mad dog? <laughs> Bulldog. bulldog. It is Bulldog, but also how dare you? Yeah. It would leave with Roz. It would be not. It could be Roz. I could be Roz. Yeah. No, I think I'm probably Roz. I think you're Niles. I am probably closer to Niles. <laughs> anyway. I would aspire to be Roz, but I have a Niles, I accept. I'm more of a Daphne. Yeah. Anyway, premiering next week. I'm watching. <laughs> yeah, to open this discussion up, um, this is a part of a sort of grand-ish tradition maybe not so grand-ish <laughs> but a tradition yeah. of uh, high concept rom-coms right. so I don't I, I kind of want to talk about that I pulled up a list here I have a seen past the past 
Yeah, I, I pulled up a list for fun. So obviously we've done some of these. We've I mean, done Kate thirteen Leopold. going on thirty. Right, that's um, a kind of Kate a big Leopold. one. Yeah. So there's other ways. There's like yeah. So those are both time travel ones. Oh, like, they're different time travel ones. Different, I mean, like different. They different use time, ways. Yeah, they use yeah. time travel differently, but there is an element of um, that. But you know, there's there's other like, like splash. It's like mermaid. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. Splash, mannequin for sure. It's right. Mannequin. Definitely. A Pygmalion esque thing. Um, like, well, it's not really Pygmalion per se, but it's I mean, like, it's it's a very literal interpretation of like the Pygmalion idea. Galatea. Yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. About the, the statue that comes, comes to, life. to life. Yeah, yeah. Um, but isn't that also a Pygmalion? It's just the same thing as this, the Roman Like the original version? concept of Pygmalion was... Was someone, Galatea? Was a statue coming, I'm pretty sure, I yeah. It was that. like that, because yeah. it's... The play uses it in like a metaphorical yeah, sense. Like he's making this woman, but are it, we avoiding talking about just like heaven? No, we're just talking <laughs> no. about the general. <laughs> Maybe Genesis you are in the pantheon <laughs> yes. of high concept rom coms. Yes, and it was also a thing. You, the, the thing I was thinking about too is what, what's it called? Um, the Ghost of Mrs. Muir. There, so there are like definitely other movies. Yeah, I mean, like that's obviously right. That's obviously more of a drama. Yeah, but like that's the, less of a romantic. Uh, this is definitely like you know a well that has been gone to before. The idea of one yes. person being dead or somehow well, not physically there. If you want to talk about warm bodies, there's warm bodies. If you want there to is warm about bodies. bodies. That's true. Yeah. Ghosts of Girlfriend's Past. Um, there's a movie on here that I think uh, is, I've, ju- I've looked at it and I've just remembered it exists and I think it's podcast material. What? It's called Chances Are. I've heard that it's, name before. Oh, young, I think I've seen this movie. It's a young Robert Downey Jr. movie. It has a quite insane premise. All right. Um, so yeah, it's it sits in this sort of pantheon amongst these other rom com coms, rom, uh, high concept uh, romantic comedies, right? Yeah. High concept with a supernatural twist of some sort. Yeah, we're not. So this is a thing that happens before. I don't know that we've ever dealt with one that's like. I, when I talk about this movie specifically, on the surface, it is like. It's a ghost, but it's mm-hmm. also right. not really. We, very quickly, it's like, well, it's not really a ghost. Right. But it's functionally a ghost. Yeah, if, yes, that, that's that's true. Functionally a ghost. Reese Witherspoon makes it very, very clear that she is not a ghost in this movie. Well, and she, she's, she's correct. She's adamant the yeah. whole time, but like, it's not like she speaks with any authority that she's Right, she just in. believes herself to not be a ghost, yes. which. Of course, she's correct. She's not a yeah. ghost. Yeah, and like the, go- the like the ghostiness of it is present in that they can't like physically interact. Right. And- I have. I always. That's always such a weird thing for me because like she can lie on the bed, mm-hmm. but she can't touch his hands. So and like right. I, so I mean, she can I, interact with physical. Right. I know this can, is such a dumb like but, niggling thing to think about. But, but she but, like, like also like jump like she can walk through. She tables. goes into the fridge. Right. And she accidentally walks out the window. Right. She accidentally walks through yeah, a table. She does walk through a window. I forgot. Oh, yes. Although, weirdly, she falls. Yes, yeah, she, she does falls. Fall. So why doesn't she fall through the floor every time she tries to walk? Goes, ah! Yeah. I don't think, it's one of those things I think you really shouldn't Right, like, don't worry. It's don't one of those, like, please it. don't worry about this sort of thing. But it just because scratching it, there is no answer, really. Right, there. no, and, and I agree. <laughs> like, contrary-wise, again, I don't want the movie to spend 30 minutes being like, this is why I can yeah. interact with some right. matter again, or other. My, but my brain always sort of interprets this kind of ghost stuff as, like, that it takes a basic level of, like, effort. To like not to like to yeah. do anything, and so like the base level is like I can stand on a floor, right? And like if I really really try, I can move the chess piece, right. A little bit, yeah. You know, like if I really try, but I never gonna be able to touch things, right? It's fully. It's, she starts the ghost denial very soon, and then 
really in terms of the the ghost antics like functionality within the movie at least I want to say for like the first 45 minutes mm. it's mostly just visual gags right? right yeah and it's it's we don't go too deep with ghosts it's, it's not like a spooky ghost like she doesn't have like a horrible visage or anything no. <laughs> she doesn't like it's just like she is a hologram yeah she yeah. looks perfectly human she doesn't have like see-through right. auras or you know the only the only Thing, you know, I think the, maybe the only other detail to throw out there is she has some limited ability to enter a body, specifically well, his body. I was going to say, we don't know if she can enter other bodies. All no. we see is her enter Mark Ruffalo's body. So I guess one must assume that because he's the only one that can see her, maybe she, he is the only body she can enter and control to a limited and extent. if she touches him, like, specifically putting, like, a hand through his head, it will, like, give him a headache. Yeah. So I have a question. If she went inside Mark Ruffalo and he jerked off, would that be sex? <laughs> this is a question fanfiction has answered many, many times. I'm sure it is, is the answer you know, yes. I, I'm pretty yeah, sure it's sex. It definitely like, is. Isn't there kind of... Uh, they, they sort of do that scene in um, Blade Runner uh, 4049. There's a, 2049 yeah. or whatever it is. There's a character in... Tales from the Borderlands, um, who has like a robot arm, mm -hmm. and then he gets implanted, like he gets like a chip in his brain that actually has like the sort of like AI ghost of like an evil CEO. And there's a lot of fanfic about him using the robot hand to check. Of course, yes. Does that count as sex? It does, um, yeah. <laughs> in the fanfic, sure. yeah. Counts as like, like a like a coma ghost HJ. Yeah. Well, because it's true. like yeah, I guess it's a weird uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to. <laughs> No, I'm not saying we should argue it. We should turn this podcast to a discussion about what it, what is or what is not sex. Uh, unless, you know, obviously you would want, like, Bill Clinton to get involved in that. I'd want to hear what yeah, his thoughts I are. I think for the rest of the yeah. episode, yeah. we should just name different acts and then is that decide sex? whether or not yeah. sex. Is the sex, yeah. <laughs> okay, but is that sex? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, oh, one other detail to put in there in terms of ghost stuff. Uh, she can travel with him. To other places. She can also teleport. Yeah, she can, like, yes. teleport herself because yes. she can, like, just sort of appear wherever he is. Is, is it wherever he is or is it places she has a connection? See, that's what I don't know. I'm not entirely clear if she could just... because So here's the other thing, too, just as a quick sidebar. As we said previously before starting this, this is based off of a book. I believe it's a French book. And the overall... I did not read it. I just skimmed the Wikipedia description of the book. And it seems, like, fairly similar in terms of what the overall premise is. The one difference that I sort of noticed, one of the like couple major differences that I sort of noticed, is that in the book, the Reese Witherspoon character realizes early on that she has the ability to sort of like teleport to wherever she wants. So like in the book, there is a chunk where she just sort of like goes all around the world, That's just like right. going to places, but then realizes like, oh, I can't interact with anyone or interact with anything. So like, what's the point of doing this anymore? So then she goes back to her apartment mm -hmm. and that's when she bumps into the Mark Ruffalo character. So... In the book, at least, it seems as though she can go wherever the fuck she wants. In the movie, it seems a little bit more nebulous. Is she able to go anywhere? Is she just able to go to places she has an emotional connection to? Is she just able to go places in the proximity of Mark Ruffalo? Who's to say? Do you know what we were talking about? What a good sequel it would be if he never, if she never got her memories back. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. I think that might be what happens in the book because the, there is a book. There is a sequel. The book, book has a yeah. sequel, and I think the sequel might be about that. Oh yes, that's the other thing too. So I'm pretty sure the book ends on an ambiguous note, yeah. where it's like the two of them like seeing each other again. He's just like, "Hey there," and like that's kind of it. Yeah. So like, it would not surprise me if the sequel was all about like 
them trying to like navigate like wh- who are we to each other? What do I remember of you? What is our relationship now? Yeah. That kind of thing. Well, Which, this one, I gotta say, mm-hmm. India got to this first, actually. Yes, they did. 2004 was the first version of it. The one I saw was not this version. I saw the Bollywood version. 2004 was that one. Uh-huh. Then 2005 was Just Like Heaven. 2006 yeah. was I See You, which was the Indian Bollywood version. <laughs> just, they, they moved quickly. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah. Just knock, knock really them all down. Really took the world by storm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this movie. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I, I I will point out, I guess, that this is not the first. Listen, this isn't the first coma ghost we've I've come across. Okay, I've come oh. across a few coma ghosts in my time. Yeah, yeah. That, I but... I cannot canonically say what the first coma ghost story is. Yeah. But it does feel like that is certainly a trope that has appeared in fiction before, yeah. where someone you know appears as a spirit, believing or not believing that they are in fact dead, and then they discover like, oh no, this person is not infected. I think. It was something that Lee, or I might have been Chris, or just all of us sort of collectively brought up, that it is kind of a good workaround for a supernatural rom-com mm-hmm. where you don't want to have one of the characters be alive and the other one be a ghost because then you're at the end you're left with sort of how do we resolve this issue? Does like does one of them have to die? Well, it's... Does one of the or is it like a spirit of Christmas thing where the character's <laughs> just like maybe I should stop being a ghost and, and come back to life? Because <laughs> yeah. I guess that's how the afterlife works. It's uh, it's it's tough, right? Because you don't want to get too deep in the weeds right. storytelling wise because uh, you don't want to plunk down a big old book of rules. That's not fun. I agree. And then B. You also don't want to go too heavy because it's still a rom-com. Right. So we don't want to go too dark. We don't want to go too morbid. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I do. This movie, I think, really doesn't have a whole lot of interest in explaining what no. the rules are of this. Which I don't uh, Which, which no, is not entirely a bad thing. Like, again, like you said, I don't want the movie to sit down and be like, all right, here's like a five minute scene where John Heater explains like the rules of the afterlife and who can see who and who can interact with what and why can you see this person, blah, 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 blah. But like, on the other hand, I do feel like th- there are certain questions that this movie raises that I don't feel like are very... You know, like like sufficient attention is paid to at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Does everyone who is in a coma become a ghost? Or if you if you are in love with someone and then you go into a coma, can that person still see you? If you're supposed to meet someone for a business appointment and you go into a coma, does your coworker see you then at that point? Like, isn't it, it also bonkers that if he's the only one that can see her and he hadn't even met her right. yet, it was only because they were fated to meet. Right, and it's just crazy that it's this guy that she was going to meet for a blind date can see her, but her own sister can't. Right. Is it, is it weird that when you ask these questions that I... Uh, is it, does it say something about me that I feel like I can instantly answer them confidently? No. I mean, ahead. I feel like you can answer them with your headcanon. I don't feel like yeah, you can necessarily I, answer them. I agree. Yeah. I agree yeah. to my headcanon, but like, I, I no, don't think I, it's I, like... Right, and I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, I'm saying there are certainly yeah. explanations that could be proffered for why these things are the way that they are. Yeah, I, I but think, I, I don't think that the movie should answer all of these questions, right. per se. I think that it would be... That would just end up being so... Maybe if it was a TV show, you had more time to, right, like, to just like address lore. Yeah. But I don't think that... Like, I really don't need an answer in the movie to, like, what are the rules of coma ghost? What, yeah. what is the what what is the specific <laughs> criteria for who can see the coma ghost? No, is it? and I agree. It's not even... Okay, so I, I guess my point is not even so much that the movie does not answer these questions. Mm-hmm. It's more just sort of, like, that they're not even really brought up that much, you know? No, I agree. I agree that there... And I agree that there could be more answers and more 
war building right. in general. But I think that it is best when you do it, like again. I think there's a simple but hard to capture like elegance in the way. Right. That you no, do there war. there is like a fine line that you can tread artfully yes. if you're doing this well, where you're giving just enough information to make sure everything keeps spinning, but not so much information that you're bogged down the rules, which prompts you to start asking more questions about what's yeah, happening. Yeah, and here. you you maintain like an air of, of mysticism about right. it, where it's which like, like you certainly like have to in a case like this. Like yeah. obviously you can't just have like God come down and be like, let me explain why this is the way it is. Yeah. But I, I do feel like again there are just sort of certain moments that I feel like at the very least Mark Ruffalo should be wondering about. And I feel like not even until maybe act three of the movie where he comes back and starts pouring through books and is like, why can only I see you? Like, why this? Why that? Like, does yeah. he kind of really even address these things? Well, I, I, yeah, there are, like, again, the, you brought this up during the movie, but I think it would have been a really good salient question to ask for, for any number of reasons, mm -hmm. more than just, like, explaining lore or going mm -hmm. to the story, but, like, having him have a moment where he asks to not to get an answer, but just like to put the question out there. Like why, if ghosts are real and I can see you, why couldn't I see my wife? Right. Yeah. Like I yeah. didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her. Right. I thought right, like, or like, that that wasn't a joke. Yeah. Just like, just like I'm in, like, I'm not expecting Reese to come in and be like, well, actually I yeah. can't do it. I don't just even like, think it would be like, right. Anything would be Daryl. Right. I, but right. It's like, but I do think that, like, I think even if you even if you as Mark Ruffler are not expecting the answer to this question, it is something that you probably want to vocalize just yeah. as, like, kind of getting it out there. I also think it's strange <sighs> the way they end up treating the fact that he has a dead wife. And by that I mean it kind of stops being an element that they really recognize or kind of, like, bring up in the story, like, maybe after the first act. Like, you get that one moment where he's, like, have some respect for the dead. And it's definitely a part of his character. Mm -hmm. But it kind of doesn't matter in the second half of the movie that he has a dead wife. And that's really just the way that we can give him some kind of emotional backstory and he's single. But he, that is not a story for him. He never grapples with that. We're just, by the end of it, I guess he's okay because now he's in this happy relationship with Elizabeth, but there's not a scene of him processing his grief. Yeah, I, so, I mean, again, I think this is something we miss because I'm pretty sure at some point they do say when his wife died explicitly. And I think from watching this, you're supposed to infer that it's been long enough that like he's come to terms for the most part, like oh. in so much as anyone can come to terms with their spouse dying. I think like he's had time to process much yeah. of it by this point. And so like, he's still sad, obviously, and depressed because, you know, there's the whole thing, like when he's looking at apartments, like all he wants to do is test out the couches to see if they're comfortable to sit on. And whenever he goes up with Donald Logue, Donald Logue's like, hey, you're finally out to come like see me, blah, 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 whatever. So like, I think you're supposed to infer that he is in a point where he could move on to someone new from his wife, but you obviously still kind of always have that emotional baggage. I yeah, guess but just I mean, they stop. They he, he does. They stop addressing that. I would agree with Chris partially here because, like, I think that there. Like, I, I I agree with both of you actually. I think that that's the point where we're supposed to think he's at, where it's like. Uh, it has been long enough and most of the grief has been processed, but I think that he's still holding back something or refusing to let go of something. Mm -hmm. and I mean, like John Heater explicitly says, like, yeah, yeah, like that's yeah. the thing you there's, have to get rid of. There's also just so much thematic connection to that and this idea of potentially being in love with someone who is near to death. Yeah. And I feel like we he we don't see him grapple well, with Well, what that. I was going to say is that I, I agree that, but I agree with all that, but I do think that there wasn't really a moment, and I don't know that there is like a neat button way to ever do this with grief mm -hmm. but like we didn't get like a I guess like a moment of transition closure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. or closure yeah. and I don't really know that that's that uh, I have yeah. a problem with that per se because I don't I feel like it would be also really cheap to be like and now I'm good I have one yeah. scene where I can move on and now I can move on to be in love with the Reese Witherspoon right 
But I don't know. I agree that there needs to be something there, but I don't think that I know enough about losing but, a wife yeah, or, like, a significant other. Right, Well, right, I think course. it might just be a symptom of emotions kind of not being real all the time in this movie, because I feel like you look away for five seconds and suddenly they're in love, and he feels right. weird about having sex yeah. with this other woman. Well, let's, like, let's get into they have the this weird. Yeah. They have this weird thing of her being like, no, it's okay, she's right, I can't touch you, but she kind of like, whoa, 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 whoa. I feel like we missed a step. Yeah. Yeah, we can get into, like, the actual... The relationship structure and the writing yeah. of this movie because I do think that the chemistry is lacking here um, and I think some of that is like the See, way I, I would think that I think they have good chemistry, well, good chemistry I think that the, like the, well I guess like the the, the like credibility has not been done yeah. like it's like you look at these two people and you're like oh they interact well like they could be a good couple but yeah. you don't really see why they're a couple yeah well it's very quickly goes from like they're working together to just figure who she is because right. it's a mystery and she's stuck in there and nobody wants that neither of them want the situation where right. she's stuck there and they're also kind of bickery about yeah that, right? and to suddenly like they find out that she's gonna get the pug, pug put on her and, and suddenly it's like but you can't go I love you right yeah yeah it, and yeah. it's, it's very sudden right and I think that uh, we talked about this that part of this is I think that the they didn't bond during any of that investigative work right. it's, it's just purely like like work running down stuff there's yeah. no like moments of them sharing anything or right. learning anything a, a lot of it is done with like a comedic thing where <laughs> yes. he like goes to visit a guy who like Reese has an address that she can't quite make out mm-hmm. for yeah. like someone and it's supposed to be her coworker, but she reads it wrong and so they go see this other guy and the guy's like like oh are you like you're accusing me of having an affair like come back later I'll like bl- I'll pay you money yeah. to go away wouldn't it have been great if every time you get a little piece of information about who she was right. and it's like a you're, you're, right. you're, yeah, you're building as if you're right. dating someone you're right. learning about right. them but also there, it's a short movie it's a brisk movie it is and we talked about how uh, maybe you could have shaved some of that beginning time off but yes. there's like a lot of time spent on just scenes of them being like get out of my house right, yeah, right. My, my, hijinks yeah yes. I think my biggest issue with structure is that act one feels overly long yeah. and it feels like it's hitting a lot of the same beats again yep. I mean even the, the, the thing with um, you know when he tries to have people come over to like quote unquote clean her spirit from the apartment. It's like, first you have a priest who shows up, yeah. then you, you know have, what? like, some Asian women That's doing something. the first thing I would cut, is that whole ghost hunt, that whole exorcism shit. Like, it just feels like it's in there because someone, like, this is so funny. Like, yeah. it is so funny it's that we not. have, like, a priest. No, it's not. It's so no. funny that we have, like, these B-tier Ghostbusters guys coming over and being oh like, God. we've trapped her ghost in a pyramid. Under, like, so a fucking pyramid? Funny. Yeah. With an ashtray or something? Right, like, yeah, it's like, like, it's like, it's like if you turned a bull upside down and, like, put it on top <laughs> of the ghost, he's like, he's like, I got the ghost in the bull. I'm gonna flush her and it's like haha very funny um, I mean they had to set up that hilarious Joy Luck Club joke right yes yeah. yes I, I feel like again that's something that if you cut all of that out and just have him going straight to John Heater and being like yeah. I don't know where to turn right now yeah. but I know that like you he's, work at a store for this isn't shit isn't the crazy thing that he's already been to John Heater once yeah yes you go to him why didn't you start right, with right. him Imme- right then immediately after he's like plying you with books be like funny story funny story yeah I got one right <laughs> so, now let's yes. go see her I think John Heater is kind of like a, I, w- I was about to say interesting character. I don't think he's interesting, but he's like funny, fun. I think he's he kind plays, of like a nice change of yeah. pace for this movie, and he I would like to have seen well. more of him. Yeah, I, I, agree. I, I enjoy the character. I, I, I don't know that interesting is like. Maybe as a stretch, but I, I I think it's a good take on a psychic where he's like yeah. a weird like he's kind of like slacker. a slacker stoner type, yeah, like yeah. a slacker stoner psychic who is actually really perceptive. And yeah. It's nice that it wasn't like I don't know. It's not played for robes and crystal, right? Yeah. Well, because he's not playing. I mean, he was kind of like, oh, whoa. 
Yeah, he's playing that. that he's type not. Of, he's yeah. not doing like a big character. Yeah. It's. It is kind of quieter. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably that's what you want after Napoleon Dynamite, right? Yeah. I mean, he's pretty quiet in Napoleon Dynamite too. Like for all like for whatever is big in that movie, I don't think it's his performance per se that's mm-hmm. like large in the movie. But anyway. No, but it's like but that character is like shrouded in you know goofiness, right? right it's like right. dressed at the, the glasses, hair, the hair. right? Like it's a very sort of like mid two thousands hipstery kind of yes. look. Yes. Uh, where this is a bit more understated, um, but yeah, it's a it's a it's a good take on that type of character. Yeah. I mean, um, also, I would think, you, in just sort of like speaking of the structure of the movie, like you guys said, we spend far too much time with the two of them in the apartment, just mm-hmm. being like, "Move out!" Like, "No, I'm not going to move out." And like, Mark Ruffalo doesn't see her for a while, and is like, "Hey, I'm in the clear now." And then she shows up again. He's like, "Oh no, you're back again." It just feels like we spend so much time with this bullshit, we're just like hitting the same beats over and over and over again, the same quote unquote comic beats and over and over are again, bro. right? No, and I mean they're also just not that funny. Like, it's right. one of the things where like it's kind of funny once, or like I like you guys said also, I think the scene where he opens the fridge and Reese is just like yes. hanging out there being like hmm, having another beer are we another which yeah. yeah which I think like that's funny like mm-hmm. the, the idea that she immediately sort of turns into like a mom type character she's like hmm, not like wearing pants today huh like that's kind of fun like that I think shows her personality it shows his personality and it's a good starting point for the two of them to build from there but then you just get so much of like you know just be like oh no like I'm trying to shower in my boxer shorts and Reese Witherspoon's watching me shower yeah, like, yeah. Huh. you could tell they had just like too many ghost joke ideas is. Yeah. yeah like also, we, we gotta do them all. I forget like when the reveal. I think again, you can get to it sooner. But I, I forget when the reveal of like his wife being dead happens for Reese Witherspoon. Uh, is like, it with John Heater? Yeah, it's it like very, very Heater. much like an act, act one, one sort of revelation. Yeah, but if you if you could move that up, I feel like that you'd get some good early momentum <clears throat> going with that. Too. I yeah, I, it would sort of cut down on like the goofy back and yes. forth like snippiness of them. Yeah. to have that emotional. Hook or if you sooner. could learn more about like why you you know like you've been making fun of him for being such a like slob and like you know not doing much around right. the house. Yeah like an actual reason for this yeah. and not just like what a slacker this guy yeah I, I wanted to also just real quick if I'm sort of talking about like the structure of the movie the other thing that I had pointed out that I still find like very fucking weird about this is so they, they realize that Reese is a doctor they go to the hospital where she used to work at her co-worker says like oh she's actually in a coma mm-hmm. here, here she is upstairs um, and also you know one of our doctors is talking to Reese's sister and asking if they want to pull the plug on her After that scene happens, the two of them, like, spend some time talking, they go to a garden, and, like, all this other shit happens when you feel like, again, like, the thing that you need to do at that point is find Reese's sister and immediately, like, start chipping away at her to be like, I know this sounds insane, this is crazy, but, like, please don't pull that plug. Let's not have, like, a little moment where we go off to a garden somewhere on the outskirts of San Francisco. It doesn't have, like, thematic resonance. No, well, okay, we gotta talk about this, too, because... The garden. (laughs) The garden also opens up this unneeded... Yeah, where she gets this garden that he's in in the opening. The movie literally opens. It it opens on a daydream she's having while at the The hospital. hospital. Yeah, and and she's like, "Oh, I dreamed about this garden." Right. Which again is. It's like, are you prophetic? Are you psychic? Like, what's happening? So that obviously connects to how in the end, like, oh, they were supposed to be together right they're fated yeah which i yeah i mean we'll get to it but like i would none of this is necessary it's needless it doesn't you don't need any of this extra shit like do one thing in your high concept thing yeah right i agree right don't keep throwing other miniature concepts especially if you haven't really pulled your first high concept together that tightly yeah you know what i mean 
Yeah, you're just, it, it almost feels like you're juggling more balls to distract from it, you know? To be <laughs> yeah. like, you're right, though, because that happens a bunch in the movie. Like, oh, you were going to go on this blind date with her. Right. I dated her in college. Right, right, right. I fucking hate that shit, man. I, I, I think it's it's like kind of needlessly packed in a way that I don't care for, you yeah. know? Yeah. Uh, was this like a, I feel like this was a thing for quite some time. Wait, was this before or after Love Actually? Love Actually was, I think, 03 or 04. So I think this was, like, shortly after, because I'm pretty sure. Didn't Love Actually kind of kick off at least a mini-trend of, a, like, everyone and everything is connected kind yeah, of... Yeah, I mean, but Love Actually companies. does it in, like, a less metaphysical way, Yeah, you more know? Of like, a, we're all the same. We right, like, Love Actually is more just sort of like, like, oh, we, like, all, like, you never know, like, how you're connected to another person. Yeah. And this one is more sort of like, it's fate and destiny. And everyone knows each other. Right, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, like, that's, I, I think it's a little bit different. Like, this, this is playing a little bit more on some sort of, like... Like, we're all connected for some, like, greater reason, and, like, no one knows why. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's anything else to cover in terms of the writing for this movie. Uh, I, I mean, mean, I guess one thing we could say is, um, I suppose there is romance, but not a lot of calm. Maybe. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess I would agree with that. It is a little bit more heavy on the rom light on the calm. It's not funny. No, well, no. I mean, there are certain, like we said earlier, there are attempts at humor with the... Have we talked, have we had, has this been a mini discussion what? of, like, what do we like? What do we think is a funny rom-com? Because I don't necessarily hold rom-coms to the same standards as, as a comedy. Like, the Hangover. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's valid. I, I mean, I, I, again, I think it's because, you're, you know, it's like you're doing soft-serve twist chocolate and vanilla. Yeah. You're, like, getting, like, you're not getting, like, a chocolate ice cream cone you're not getting vanilla ice cream cone you're getting a little bit of both yeah and so like i do think that with a rom-com you make kind of some allowances for that sort of thing because you like, know that you're spending time on emotional beats and not just like flat out joke after joke after joke. yeah i mean i think i care more about romance than i do comedy like i i honestly think like rom-coms for me is like guarantee me a happy ending to this romance because if you're not telling yeah. me that it's a rom-com then i'm not going to be certain that somebody's not going to die right that's or fair. Be sad and i don't want to be sad today yeah i watch a rom-com rom for a reason yeah, yeah. I, I would say like as long as the movie is sort of like light and pleasurable yeah. and that covers a lot of for me like i would rather you just sort of focus on being kind of like light and comfy and cozy rather than like trying and failing to make jokes you yes know? Like, however yeah. yeah i would agree that that is that's what this movie does it yeah. tries and feel like the Ghostbuster the, stuff. Right, the Ghostbuster stuff definitely, like, does not work. I I'm kind, funny. I think kind of the scene in the restaurant works fairly well for me. Like, it's not great, but I think it kind of works. Where he's repeating things and getting them wrong. Right, and then he's, A like, like, like Numa Thurman. Thurman. Yeah, like, Numa it's, Thurman. right, it's not, like, shoot soda out of your nose funny, but it's sort of, like, ha, ha sensible yeah. chuckle oh, magazine. Talking, I pissed myself laughing. <laughs> yes, I know. You have a real problem, I Chris. I have no bladder control. You drank too much. I have no bladder control. It's very bad. Yeah. Um, Strawberry is, ooh. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to think if there's like any other sort of like joke bits that really work, <laughs> like really hit well in this movie. And and again, like I think the John Heater stuff is pretty. Like the the part where he first comes over to Reese's apartment and he says something like like I'm like ninety nine point nine percent parched. I need like a diet cola or something like, like he, he just like it, it's just one of those things where like he says yeah. it in such a weird way I think it's that funny you could have done more with him like I think he's a good comedic guy yeah guy 
actor, and I think that he was a, a little wasted there. Yeah, I, I think that, like, you, you definitely need more of him, and, like, no offense to Donald Logue, who, like, I think is a fine actor and has been funny and shit, but, like, I think you need less of Donald Logue. Yeah. Who, like, th- there's a lot of, like, a uh, swing and a miss with his sense yeah. of humor. You know, the, the first scene where they go out, where he finally convinces Mark Ruffalo to go out, and he's talking about, like, oh, like, alcohol, like, makes, like, men funny and women easy or whatever the fuck it is. It's just bro culture it bullshit. It felt that's... like a scene from uh, either, like, Just Friends or Best Friends Girl. Right. Um, and, and, like, I, I know, like, this is not, like, an issue about, like, depiction equaling endorsement. This is more not. just, like, it's not that also, funny. Also, I don't need that sexy roommate character at all. Yeah, no, that was, that was, like, such a waste of time again. Where, yeah. like, it, it would be fine to just do, like, a real quick thing where Reese is, like, I bet we were friends. And then she's, like, oh, no, she was weird. Like, yeah, she yeah. was, like, completely antisocial. Reese is, like, maybe we weren't friends. But yeah. then, like, the fact that she shows back up again and is, like, Mark Ruffalo, I've locked myself out of my apartment. I want to have sex while we wait for the locksmith to show up. It's just, like, no. Like, what is this, what is this doing? Like, you know he's clearly not going to, like sleep with this woman because he has no interest in her. Yeah. So, like, why are we wasting time pretending? Why, why is she wasting time with right. him? She says it at one point uh, that she feels really lonely and uh, she was attracted to him and thought that he would, might be lonely as well. Now, that might just be pour- pouring it on as part of seduction. Yeah. Right. But I did just get the... I think it was as simple as... He cute. I don't it's, see a ring on that finger. But it's such a crazy aggressive take yeah. to do. To, to like immediately show up in your like low slung jeans and bejeweled thong. And then take thong. all your clothes oh, off. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Didn't we all kind of gasp though at that shot from behind of her mega low rise I couldn't yeah. parse it. I, I thought that her jeans had like a chain on them. Right. Was the chain's part no. of the underwear that's right. riding above was, the jeans. Right. Because well, those are because some... Because a waist chain was a... Yeah. Was a right. Because like then. those... Yeah. Those jeans were like at like mid-hip level yeah, basically. Same, I mean, they were kind of... There was such a weirdly long expanse between the top of her jeans and the top of Right, her top. and I mean, like, this is or this, the, this the was, like, the thing at the time. This was simply how some back. jeans were. Can you believe that? Of course I can. Fashion is cyclical. I know, but we, we learned from this goddamn mistake. We never I learned. thought, like, not that long ago, it was, like, high-waist and, and oh, yeah. pants. High-waist is still a thing. Yeah, high-waist is still, like, it is more of a thing for, like, men now, too, which is, yeah. like, kind of fun. I want to try high-waisted pants. I do. Someday. I cannot. I'm just curious. Do not put my waist in pants. I've actually heard that it is good for taller people. I believe that. Anyway. <laughs> we'll save that <laughs> also for my pants podcast. Um, uh, pants uh, Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I, I do think that, like, the, the comedy is kind of meh in this movie, yeah, but again... Like we said, I don't know that I need it to be like, you know, slap yeah. your thigh. I think it's hilarious. maybe a good. I think we should pencil that in for a mini of like. What is an actual funny rom com? What are funny rom coms? Yeah, I think that's I a good question because off the top of my head, I'm sure there's like yeah, like we put some a list together and yeah. rate how funny they are, something like that. Yeah, because I, th- I think it's. An I agree because yeah, I can't think off the top of my head what would one be I mean, in a like, traditional rom com. Bringing a baby, right? But way more again, funny. right? But then again, that's sort of like well, that's more like I feel like a predominantly screwball comedy. Yeah. that is also but has they, a romantic. But they are like screwball comedies basically are, are proto rom coms. Right? No, they are. Um, yeah. Because like. What is it? It it happened when I incredibly romantic. Yeah, but but all but definitely a comedy. But I think it's very romantic. Yeah, so. no, I agree. And I also think it happened when I has some pretty pretty decent jokes in it. Yeah, too. it has some good um, jokes, but also way more romantic than like bringing up baby, which is just like nuts. Just silly Right, Just yeah, insanity until yeah. the man is worn into submission. Just japes and jokes. Yeah, japes and jokes. <laughs> the J and Js. Yeah. Yeah. So I I don't know. I I will certainly agree that you can add that to the like. 
list of the movie's writing mm-hmm. sins if you wanted to. I, my my major sins would still be more of this a sense of pacing and structure, yeah. which I think is like this the biggest issue yeah. I have with this movie. Yeah. Do you want to get into? Yeah, let's talk about the performances. Yeah, and then we'll get into our fixes. Uh, Real quick. I feel like Reese Witherspoon was doing this kind of thing all the time for a while. Yeah, Reese could kind of do this in her sleep and do it still pretty well, Uh, you know? I I compared this, I mean, it's story-wise nothing like it, but uh, I think in terms of of just, like, rom-com silliness and just the the kind of high-concept stuff that was being made at the time, this is, in my mind, this feels similar to her work in something like uh, 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 Sweet Home Alabama or just, like, I don't know. Where it's just it's mega broad. It's very it's it's goofy. Right. There's not a lot of chemistry between their romantic leads. I mean, well, like I mean, that was so much like Reese Witherspoon's bread and butter in mm. the early 2000s. Sure was. You know, like it was just up until like what Walk the Line, where she got like an Oscar. Then like, at that point, yeah. it was like, oh, Reese can be like a I serious think, actor. I think there might have been a point after Walk the Line where they tried this. This means War was another chance to oh, try right, with a, Hardy, high, right? a high concept with her, Chris yeah. Pine. That was the spy, the spy versus spy, spy movie. Spy versus spy, which I have never seen, but I've never I seen either. Wanted to see. I mean, maybe that's also another movie that's on the list. It's not supposed to be very good. Yeah. I know, but but what I is? think that was another attempt <laughs> to try to do that thing again. It, I mean, it almost does feel like once Reese like found that she Prestige. could take serious <laughs> roles and do well in them, like so, like part of the spark kind of fell away in terms for of that, her doing rom coms. Sure. And also, I mean, also you can certainly argue just that, like maybe they're not very good. Like the rom coms, just also. They're, they're not really done a lot. No, and I mean they're anymore. not—they're not a thing. I know, and that's you know we've talked about that before too. But I think you know you can also just sort of talk about the idea that a lot of the rom coms she was doing post this were also just not particularly good movies. Yeah. So yeah. you know you got that to blame also. But I think she's like she's fun in this. She's not bad. Yeah, I've I've got no beef with her in this movie as far as her performance goes. Yeah. Do we wrap up character in this as well, or is it yeah? We can do we can do both. We'll do both. I don't like the character as much, but you know that's that's not a her problem. That's I'm, I'm a little problem. I'm a little inclined to agree with she you. She seems to dislike Asian people. <laughs> she does seem she does seem to have a lot of microaggressions toward yeah. Asian people yeah. in this movie. What was, what was the first? Um, one? The kabuki, like putting on your kabuki makeup to her Asian. What? Which is like an insane thing to say. That's even, what you guys were talking about. Yeah. I was tuned out for that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whatever. So there, there's a scene that starts with her mentor and boss. Yeah. By the yeah. Way. In the bathroom, an and she's woman. clearly yeah. like kind of doing her makeup a little. Yeah. And Reese walks by her in the frame and goes, "Putting on the full kabuki." Yeah. Wow. Which is like <laughs> an insane thing to say to anyone. That's nuts. <laughs> yeah. And I, that better be an in joke between them. I was just like, <laughs> if one is being charitable, one can choose to read it that way, yeah. which must be like maybe it was like the coworker said it to Reese, and so now it's just like a back and forth thing right, that they right, do all right. the time. But then later, whenever they're doing the many exorcism scenes, she refers to the group of Asian women in the home who I think are Chinese uh, who's doing burning paper they're burning something in the apartment um, and she refers to them as having the whole joint right. usually you burn over. like talismans that's like, like yeah. a eastern thing is you write something on a piece of paper like a spell a calligraphy right. and then you burn it yeah yeah. but yeah um, like um, aside from being a racist she seems like a competent doctor <laughs> Yeah, it's just like it's a very tired um, cliche cliche of a rom com character from the two thousands of this like type A workaholic. Right. I will. I will just make one adjustment to that. Sure. She has a job that is not like interior sure. designer. Sure. Right. She's, she's writer like at a magazine, right. and that's but the, great. But it's still. It's still this like oh she doesn't she needs she, she has needs no time for anything else to help her loosen up yeah. or like right. you know chill out or right. 
Right, like, yeah. her sister's like, why don't you have some fun? And she's like, I have to work 26 hours. I'm a woman, Thanks. I have a job! Right. Yeah. It's a, it, it is one of those, like, very basic, you know, surface-level things of, like, woman love job, woman not, not have time for man. Well, because because women no... can only be one of two things. They can be wife, they can be job. Right. There's no reason. Like, I would like to see why she's so driven. Is right, like, for... one, one would almost think that that should come up at some point later, yeah. like, why she feels, like, and, you know, like, that, it's admirable. I'm not knocking someone they for wanting to be a doctor. They kind of talk but... about it a little bit, where she's like, you know, why did I, like, I, you know, she's like, oh, you, well, you saved lives. Right, you're like, well, yeah. I, well, I saved my own life for, for later. later. Ha-ha. Right, haha. But it's well, like. I turned that back on you, Ruffalo. Yeah, I would, like, talk about that more and be like, what were you, yeah, what was she doing? What right. You, what made you want to do this? Exactly. Right, like, is it just one, like, where you just sort of, like, get so focused that you lose track of everything yeah. else? Or, I like, think, what? I think maybe something we're responding to, and I'll make this brief, because I think we should move on to the next character soon, but, um. I think what it's kind of going to is, despite the movie essentially being about investigating who she is as a person, we don't really feel like we know her that well. Maybe. No, that's true. You, one one would sort of think that you know, if, if that is if that is the main storyline, which it certainly could be, um, you know, that should come up more as Mark Ruffalo is investigating who she is. Yeah, which naturally. I, I honestly think we actually reach the end of the movie without really knowing either of them that well, and I think that is kind of a problem. And I think this is just one of the symptoms of like, why is she a doctor? I don't know, but right. it does seem well. to be her one mission in life. Yeah, yeah I mean, we get, we get a very surface level read for both of them, which is one, she is a doctor who's committed to work and he lost his wife. And like, that's mm-hmm. kind of all we really sort yeah. of know beyond yeah. his well, job. So let's talk about Ruffalo. Yes. Um, he's a sad boy. He he's is a sad. very sad boy. Um, not too sad. Not so sad that it's depressing to watch. Right. No. It, it's yeah. It, it first, it's sort of, again. It's a watchable depression. Right. Like the, the, <laughs> the takeaway that you have from the from seeing him initially is that like, oh, he's sort of like a lazy slacker guy, and he just wants to sit oh, on a couch. Right. Yeah. He just wants to sit he's on a couch. He's like, it comes off as like a grouch too. Yeah. Like, like, like vaguely misanthropic. Just yeah. wants to like stay inside the apartment all the time and like yeah. drink beer. And, and you, watch TV. by the way, you spend. Almost all of the movie have no idea what his job is. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't. It's only when he goes to the garden. Right. He's, he's like, oh yeah, I designed this, and we're like, he's, you did. Was, um, when he said that the first time I was watching this, and um, I was paying, I was looking for it this time. When he said that the first time I watched it, I'm like, did I miss him saying before no. that he was a landscape artist? I don't you think so. You just like, does this guy just sit around in the house? <laughs> like, what? Right. Like, yeah. Do you have a job? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I also I spent the first because I remembered it. But I didn't fully remember it, so I spent the first time watching this fresh this year going like, oh, he was, he was an architect, right? No, he's a landscape architect, which yeah. is, I, listen, I get that it's a legit job, but also it's kind of a bullshit job. Uh, so like, get more, a real more, job. More accurately. You're a gardener. Get a job, yeah. Like, more accurately, like, you can just say landscaper. It's you, like, yeah. it's okay. You're a gardener. I mean, maybe he has a degree. You don't know. Maybe he has a degree oh in landscape God. architecture. Unless he's always building gazebos, I am not giving him architecture. He's always building yeah. octagonal platforms <laughs> raised in the it's middle of the garden like, which you can stand He's like designing Central Park, right? Like right. You're yeah. building like rich people's gardens. You're a gardener. I guess. So. I mean, I do feel like it's one of those things where, like, if you start building enough rich people's yeah. gardens, you can be like, "Oh, I'm better now." Like, right. I'm, I'm design a, a whole garden. Right. I'm a fancier, more expensive version of this. So, yeah. like, so it doesn't have anything on me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there, there, there is that certainly. Um, yeah. I don't know if I. I don't know if I. 
if I fully track that that is the right job for him to be having. No. I would, I mean, again, the, the whole garden thing is profoundly weird to it me just, in the first it, place. Like, I, I almost feel like you could probably get away with only paying lip service to his job. Like, if Donald yeah. Logue at one point is like, you know, like, oh, I know you're taking a leave of absence from Burberbur, but like, yeah, office. yeah, from doing the business. Uh, I, it's, it's weird because it does feel like he's a gardener only because she has a dream about the garden. Right. The dream about the garden doesn't mean anything. Right. It's only, it's only there so that they can have that little pat moment at yeah. the end. So like, she could dream about, I don't know, a bridge. It's like, <laughs> right. built the bridge. I built the Golden Gate Bridge. <laughs> Did you? I don't think <laughs> I don't you think did. That's right. No, it's like, sweetie, your memory must be really <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You suffered a lot of brain damage in that coma. I definitely built the Golden Gate Bridge. And I'm honey. also an Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, still hot though. Yeah, uh, no, very, yeah. very attractive. Again, this, <laughs> very close. That's what we have to say about Mark Ruffalo. He's yeah. sad and he's hot. He's sad and he's hot. The two things yeah. I look for in a guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a good performance. He, I can I fix think him. He pulls it off very well. Um, yes. Yeah. This is again very close in time to uh, thirteen going on thirty. So yep. like the Mark Ruffalo of that is yeah. pretty much <laughs> the Mark Ruffalo of this. He was really getting into this groove of playing the straight man to a uh, completely wacky high concept. Yeah. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, but no, it's a, it's a good, um, it's a pretty good character. Uh, I, I do think it's a better uh, character than, than Reese Witherspoon in this movie. I would agree. Uh, uh, there's yeah. more going on. I do think that, I do agree that, like, the wife thing is, is not gone into enough. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, again, we've talked about it as part of the writing. Like, I just think that there's not, like, enough of a, I don't know, a transition or yeah. discussion around moving on from being sad about your wife to, like, I'm going to be with Reese Witherspoon I'm now. I'm be with a ghost, yeah. I don't know how to do that ele- elegantly in a rom-com. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a weird place to be. To, well, it's a re- it's, a, it's you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot by having, like, a guy mourning someone. Right. In, in a I think what you want to do, then, is, again, spirit of Christmas way. You just have the last ghost of your of your <laughs> I don't know. Up and yeah. be like, yeah. I give you a it's whole house. Yeah. 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 Become human and fuck this chick. I don't yeah. care. Uh, I would honestly so love if she's like walks in with Hollywood stud of yesteryear who died like six <laughs> years ago with like him on her arm and be like, don't worry, I am doing okay I mean, in heaven. For real, like I, I think that you know, and now that we have like a better understanding, or not some of us, and it's not for everyone per se, but like now that like Polly is more of a thing. Right. But like back in the day when people talked about like you know if you were religious and you thought that, like, you went to heaven after you died and you got mm-hmm. reunited with all the people. It's right. Like, I always used to struggle so much with, like, so what, how could you ever get remarried? Right. How could you? Yeah. Right. Like, what do you do when you're in heaven? You just yeah. hang out with both of them all the time? Exactly. Right. Evenly? Yeah. What do you mean? And what about her? What if right. the second wife feels bad because... Want to be, want to be a little awkward? Yeah. 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 It's so weird. I just can't fail. I couldn't. I could never got my head around no, it. No, I, I, that was something I always thought was very strange as a kid, too. Yeah. Right? It's just a hard thing to, 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 to deal with. It's like, let's just not think about... Right. I don't I mean, understand how religion is so hung up on afterlife. I think well, it opens it opens far too many doors. <laughs> I don't yes. want to open For our... We, uh, we'll Say that for our religion podcast, yeah. also premiering next week. Um, but I, I, I wanted to say also, I think, um, I, I guess another question is sort of why do you need him to be a widower in the movie? Is it just so that. Especially if you're not going to use it. Right. I guess, like, on the one hand, it's so that you, he can have, like, you want to have that sort of, like, parallel of, like, like oh, you helped bring me back to life and I helped bring you back to life. Yeah. Like, blah, blah, blah. I get that. Um, but but it, it just sort of feels a little bit like... He could be sad about other things. Right, like, or, yeah, or even just, like, a breakup or something. And I guess maybe the idea is that, like, a death is so final to the point that, like, it profoundly but, changes you. But he could be you. sad about, like, a parent, like, a dad dying. Right, yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be, like an awkward thing where it's like I think that the wife thing is awkward specifically because yeah. it feels weird 
it feels weird to feel like you're actively in a place where you're not ready to move on, but then you have to make that decision within 90 minutes right. of, yeah. of screen time. Yes. Um, to sort of come to terms with that finally and move on. Yeah, it's almost just, it's a little too ambitious for what this story wants yeah. to tell. Because it's not like in the world of the movie where he's just trying, his buddy's just trying to get him out on the field dating. It's not like, I'm not trying to get you to like fall madly in love with right. someone, which is what he fucking does yeah. in this movie. Yeah, yeah. It's like, I just want you to, like, see a girl and maybe, like, have a one-night stand. Right. Just as a start. It's right. like going out on that on an interview that you don't really yeah. plan on taking right. seriously. Exactly. But right. you just and need he's, to go have and the he's just skipping it and going yeah. straight to my next wife. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically. It's a nuts thing. To, I think that's a, it is a hard leap to do. Yeah. Um, in 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 again, something that probably just should not have been. In the movie, frankly. yeah, I think maybe if there was a different reason, I think that having him, I think having him have a reason to be in that state mm-hmm. um, of just sort of like you know not really living a life is a good place for the character to be. Um, but yeah, I think it's the wife thing is a little awkward. The morning morning a wife thing is is tricky. Yeah, it's it's you have to spend you have to do so much like work to have that actually pay off and yeah. feel natural. And this movie just does not have the time or ability to do that. Yeah, I also like shouldn't. I know that like Hallmark does this a lot. Widowed men. Yeah, because but like, it's like because then you know he's a good husband because he already had a yeah. wife. Yeah, and it it gives him it's like a it's a built-in tragic backstory. But it it does feel like. Yeah, an awkward place. It just feels like a bad pick for a, a romantic movie. I yeah. agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, heater, maybe, I guess? Like, I, I don't know if you want to really talk I guess about Heater has been that long. I think he should be in it more. I agree. I agree. I like his performance. Yeah. Um, you know, like the three or four scenes that he's actually in this movie are all pretty fun. Uh, his final scene implies he may be God. <laughs> his final scene. The final <laughs> scene is legitimately scene insane. Is is the stain elsewhere review? Right, where yeah. we pull out of uh, Reese and Mark on a roof kissing to reveal that they are inside a snow globe. That John Heater is looking down and is like yep. cool. So the Wikipedia's wording, the Wikipedia entry wording, that he was seemed seeing, to suggest yeah. that he was having a vision, so that he was simply using the snow globe as like a scrying device. <laughs> I do love, I mean, that's such a great idea. I love that. But I don't think, like, again, that is certainly not, like, what your first instinct would be watching. No, I mean, it's clearly a saying elsewhere, right? Right, right. Like, I don't know why else you do 100%, I've just had this thought. If we ever get back to memorables, I definitely need a snow globe as Mizzle scrying. Obviously you do. Focus. Because the idea of, like, a, because, like, it's usually a crystal ball, but the idea of it being a snow globe is fucking hilarious to me. And then you just shake it. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, they're kissing. How great would it be if he goes to shake the snow globe and cut back to Reese and Mark and be like, whoa, whoa! <laughs> earthquake! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Every San Francisco earthquake was caused oh, by John Heater shaking a snow globe. Yeah. There was like a uh, make some noise prompt about somebody shuffling snow inside a snow globe. <laughs> where they were like constantly baffled by how it kept building up. <laughs> she tries to like crack the glass brick out of it, but she can't. The, the war she created that she can't breathe outside the snow globe. She has to go back inside. <laughs> Thirty seconds of like improv, just heaven. Uh, yeah, an insane ending to the movie, to be sure. Like like a very a very bizarre choice to kind of just throw that in. But aside yeah. from that. Uh, John Heater, I think, is pretty fun in this yeah. movie, yeah. and I wish I wish he had more to do. Me too. I, I don't know who else you'd really want to talk about. Like, yeah. acting no. like no, everyone really else is no like else. everyone else is like fine. It's you know, pretty like fine. typecast. Like, there's other people, but like it's 
That's a lot of it is just this two-hander. Well, right, like everyone yeah. else just sort of has like one trade apiece. Mm. They have one. They have one emotion to well, play. Well, I mean, sister has to vacillate between like being <laughs> kind of like the wacky mom to like two like two kids right. who are like crazy and being like very serious. Like I must I'm consider pulling the plug on yeah. my sister. So, yeah, that's true. I thought I'd seen her somewhere else, and it turns out it was I was just remembering her own performance from this movie, which is. <laughs> I've done that before. So so circular. It is, yeah. I've done it before. Where I'm like, Didn't I she see you looks, pull a pull a butcher's knife on Mark Ruffalo? She looks before. familiar. I'm like, yeah, because you fucking saw her in this fucking movie, you dumbass. But um, it is an insane. Yeah, it's an insane. I think it's because it's an insane scene, and a, 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 what a choice to just be like. Yeah. Not to call the police. Right, but to pull a knife out on him and threaten to, like, chop him up. Yeah. Which I, I think also, like, her, you know, her character, I think, probably has some issues with tone where she has to vacillate between being, like, kind of like a comic character yeah. and between being someone who's, like, tearing up talking about it's, how her sister is being taken Especially in that one scene, right? Real quick, we didn't talk about this on the mic, I think, on the pod. Mm-hmm. Were you saying how the problem with that scene, this is a good point, that they, that, like... Because you talked about the, how they, they didn't go right to the sister. Right. They spent they went to the garden. But the right. other problem is that they walked in with no plan. Right. At all. Yes. And, like, they have, they're, you are armed with so much information. Right. And the fact that you're able to use a ghost to recruit a complete stranger yeah. by using simple methods of, like, I'm going to play rock, paper, scissors, scissors right. behind my back, like, yes. 80 times. And, and, pr- and I will tell you, like, every time every what you're time doing with your hand. I can see what you're doing because Did you're you telling me. Did you just flip her off? Yeah. Right. Like, and write something on a piece of paper on the other side of the room, and I will tell you what it says yeah, and it's like, like anything. You are talking to this person's sister. Like, you absolutely could, like, walk in there with all the information you need. You could right. have fully thought out plan. Right. Be like, like, what was, like, like, this is what your mother said on your wedding day or yeah. something like that. You could have so much stuff. Or you could, yeah, you could do another test of, like, you know, do something behind your back, and I'll tell you what it is, et cetera. Yeah. But they instead have no plan, and right. he's like at first he's like improvising what he is, where he's like, "I'm her I'm boyfriend." Like, no, I was a patient, it, right? Like, I was her coworker, but I was a patient. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And you know, and like all, all this shit, and then even like when he tries to do that, they do it so horribly that it's just. Well, like, she goes straight to like a really dirty piece of gossip right. that is like. <laughs> <laughs> not something that she wants ever talked about. Right. And so it's just alarms her even more. Right, she's yes. like, nobody knows that. Right, right. Oh, so, how do you know that's that? That's another connection because the guy that kissed her I know. is Donald Logue. Logue. Right. Yeah. But but again, like you, you would think that you would just sort of pump Reese Witherspoon for some very simple yeah, information like, going don't in. Don't start with that. Right. Start like started with, with like a childhood basic. memory, a beloved yeah. childhood memory where you went on vacation but and then, this happened to your sister. Just like, how would you know this happened to me? But yeah. then we wouldn't have the fucking hilarious image of her chasing him out with a cleaver. That is very so funny. funny. But what's crazy too is that she then opens the door to the kids and <laughs> the kid is like, oh, is Auntie Elizabeth going to have more tea? And she because has we this... already had a scene where clearly one the, of the daughters yeah, yeah. sees her. Like kind of sees her but doesn't like talk to her. Yeah. It's very doesn't weird. Acknowledge yeah. her. She just brings her a cookie. Yeah. But, but she, So she has this face of shock but right. then presumably never does anything. Right. Like, which, which is weird. You think also that maybe she would at that point like run after Mark Ruffalo or run or to the hospital, hospital right, and immediately be like, hey, I want to rescind that. Uh, it's, I figured that's what was happening when she's in that last I assume scene. that's why she's there, too. But, like, you think the fact that, like, you don't ever see her. Like, again, right. this is something she could have done. It can't be the last, because why would you wait a full day? A whole day. That's absolutely true. Oh, she waits point. a whole day. That's yeah. a good point. So, like, even if she does show up the next day, the movie does not do any trouble to, sh- like, doesn't go through any trouble to, to show you. That, it. Right. It's, you just see her there because, presumably, the plug is being pulled and her sister wanted yeah. to be there. It would be one thing if the sister is running after, like, Ben Shagman being like, no, no, I said no, don't pull 
a plug, but like it's not that. Yeah. She's just there. Anyway, anyway. that was a digression. That was uh, a digression. But we talked about the performances. I think there's nothing else to discuss there. Yeah, I don't think there's any other characters. Yeah. The score is straightforward and blah. There's nothing else to say. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get into fixes. All I don't right. want to go first. That's what I'll say. I'll go first. Okay. Ooh. So what I have here is I had two sort of basic ideas. I had said earlier that I had one kind of... I'll kind of say from the get-go, I don't think this is a terrible movie. Like, I think this is, like, a thoroughly, like, right-down-the-middle adequate movie. It's it's perfectly fine. Not something I'll probably watch again, but perfectly fine. And so I think if you're taking this movie and trying to make it a little bit better than perfectly fine, there are a couple of, like, small things that you can do to kind of take it up to, like, a B-. minus. Mm. What I would say for something like that is um, I, I think the movie should not begin with the scenes of Reese Witherspoon in the hospital working for 26 hours and then dying. I think it should open with Mark Ruffalo looking at apartments. And that way, you, you just all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this woman shows up is like, what are you doing in my apartment? And you're sort of in a more weird place of like, uh, who are you? What are you doing here? So I kind of like the idea that Mark Ruffalo is sort of your point of view character from the beginning. Um, like I said to you guys earlier off mic, I'm combining Donald Logue with John Heater into one character who is like just John Heater. So he has like that personality. He works in sort of his new age bookshop still, but he is someone who has known Mark Ruffalo from college or whatever. Who the fuck cares? I want to omit Reese's weird thing with the garden like we had talked about mm-hmm. before. There's no reason for it to be there. Wait, I think you, you could still do like a nice little scene of like maybe this would be something that happens before you find out that her plug is going to be pulled. Maybe Mark Ruffalo can still take her to a garden that he has like done before and it's just sort of like a nice little moment of the two of them getting to know each other better in a very lovely place but it's not this sort of like this is the garden I imagined of my, of my, right. of my dreams. when I was fantasizing in that hospital room the one day this is the garden that I had I had a lot of thoughts about how this movie should end the the way that I kind of hit on is that when I was describing when I was talking to you guys we shouldn't have that drawn out sequence at the end with the montage with the sad music and everyone walking around all mopey trying to figure out like what their Mm -hmm. life is now he should just sort of accidentally brush Reese Witherspoon's hand as he's leaving the hospital and that's what causes her then to remember it all especially because the kiss feels open on the nose well no I mean you can still do the kiss because the kiss is apparently what brings her back to life I guess which whatever it's fine I don't care again this goes up to like the movie having sort of an unclear idea as to like what the rules of this are but whatever that's fine there was a part of me that was kind of wondering if you could end this movie with her not getting her memory back of who he was but I was kind of thinking like does that make it weird then if he starts to pursue her romantically already knowing all this shit about her like is that a little creepy Mm -hmm. for him to then be like and, like, of course, I know your sister, blah, 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 and your niece, Lily Vanilli, and the other one. Well, it's just sort of like, is that a little weird? So, I don't know. I, I just decide, like, she should probably still end with her having her memory back. Mm-hmm. But I'm not entirely convinced that that's how it, that that's, like, a good ending. The other sort of vague thought that I had as, like, a sort of high-concept overhaul of this was the idea that they're both ghosts, that they're both dead. Oh. And maybe it's sort of the idea of, like, two people who couldn't, learn how to live when they were alive, struggling to learn, like, how to live now that they are dead. And so I think, you know, it's not a sort of thing where, like, only they can see each other. And I think it's probably the idea that, like, you know, ghosts are wandering around everywhere all right. the time. And so I think maybe it's just the this, like, two people, like, one maybe, who, like, this guy who was just so sad and broken down by various points in his life and maybe he died in an accident too. And the same thing with Reese, who was, like, this type A person who could never, you know, sort of, like let go and live her life and now it's the two of them being like well now we don't like have the option to like live our lives in the traditional sense anymore so what do we do um isn't that that's pretty close to just uh defending your life is it i've never seen it oh it's a good movie defending your life is like there's like a sort of like airport in the after the purgatory where it's like 
you it's sort of like an airport I think where it's like you're waiting to go to somewhere uh-huh. you it will, you have to basically go through this trial where you, yeah. you you prove that you should be able to get on that plane and go, okay. go, to, go to the next right because yeah. I mean I was kind of thinking in my head like at the end of the movie like what are they living in this like San Francisco limbo for forever mm-hmm. or like is it sort of like the end of the good place where they like move on to something ambiguous yeah but it's, but yeah it's, it's more like yeah in this in that one they're not like in um, a place they're just in they're, they're not like in a real earth right place. right they're in it's, like it's a like, purgatory like yeah. a waiting room area and it's like they're so I don't think they knew each other in life they sort of meet there because they're just sort of like two souls waiting to like do their trials uh-huh. and they fall in love while they're Albert sort of waiting Brooks for their trials and uh, Meryl Streep yep yeah I've, I've heard of it I've not seen it yeah. I liked that though that was a good fix thank you what do you got <sighs> something I was thinking about was I feel like this idea of this almost like casual interaction with a ghost or someone's like coma spirit or whatever I like this idea a lot. I think everything makes a little more sense and you are less likely to question the absence of rules if you put this story in a much more magical, realistic kind of setting. Mm-hmm. There was an Almodov- uh, Pedro Almodovar movie that I watched again recently, uh, Volver, in which the main character's mother, and it's never eludicated on whether she is dead or not, she says that she's dead, but she is physically still in her home, mm. uh, just sort of around. And it's never, you don't get a definitive answer like, yeah, she's dead and this is a ghost, or no, she's alive and she's just a weirdo. And it just, it works because the style of that movie kind of gave you other slightly magical, realistic details so that you, it, it signaled to you sufficiently that this is a, this is a, a slightly magical world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think if you were to put that in there... Uh, it kind of helps it feel more fun, and I feel like it it, it it makes you less likely to ask questions because it's like, oh, this is a fairy tale world, basically. Uh, so my thinking is, Mark Ruffalo can already see ghosts. I'm thinking he is able to already communicate with his dead wife, and it's his art, his like his 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 foreknowledge or the knowledge he already has about ghosts. Um, is sort of what makes the situation with Reese Witherspoon freaky because he's like, well, everything I know about this situation tells me you're dead, but you keep telling me that you're not. Um, similar to what Brendan was saying about kind of combining John Heater and Donald Logue, I'm doing the same thing because I just want John Heater to already be his friend in yes. his life. And maybe it's someone that that he like that knows about this ability of his and is like maybe he helps you know uh, 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 John Heater with his his weird psychic medium shit, but yeah, I kind of feel like then the occasional monologues, the idea of like oh I imagined this garden and now here it is, I kind of feel like putting it in this more magical realistic style allows you to sort of be a little bit sillier and not have to explain it or take things in a more visually poetic direction. I think there was a want for that. Like, I I don't think you start with this sort of dreamlike garden thing unless you had some kind of, I don't know, yen to do something more poetic looking. So yeah, I I guess my my headline is just make it a magical realism story and maybe it all just kind of clicks a little bit. Yeah, that probably covers a lot of sins. (laughs) Right? Yeah, I have some, like, I wouldn't call it, like, I don't want to call it, like, mild fixes, but I, I am keeping a lot of the story similar. But some changes I want to make are, um, I am keeping the character count, but I am changing his best friend to be, like, a dog male therapist into, like, the, this, he, he needs, like, a foil. Like, they need foils. I think that his initial foil is going to be, like, there's going to be, like, you know, a cast of four centrally. 
um, two main and two supporting. And his the first supporting is going to be his like younger sister, who can still be a therapist, but like a female voice present in the mm-hmm. story. Um, that is like just a more general voice of reason mm-hmm. of like trying to get Mark Ruffalo to like push forward and move on. Uh, I'm a little. I can't make a decision about the grief thing. <laughs> I can't. I really like the grief thing, but I think it's really tough in a in a brisk rom com mm-hmm. to like address. I think you need more time. If you're yeah, and I just don't have it. Yeah, I don't have that neat fix. So I don't think if I think if if uh, if time developing a script wouldn't come up with some sort of clever way to have him address that within 90 minutes, then I would probably change it from a wife to a parent or something else. Mm-hmm. Like, just grief that he is struggling to cope with in a way that he's not really ready to, like, go back into his, like, life, basically. But it would be a grief that would not necessarily come into play in starting a new romantic starting, Yeah, yeah, sh- shifting it away from a significant other in a way that it's, like... Not interfering in that aspect, but still a thing that sort of rocks your world and, and sort of makes you like harder, you know, ups, you know, sh- you know, makes the your the ground under your feet unsteady for a while, mm-hmm. and you're not you're not finding your footing yet. Um, so he's in that state of mind for sure, and he needs this like he's getting a new place to live. Uh, maybe he was again. If it's like a, it, you could easily rationalize this as a, like if it was like a family member, like a parent, that he had to look after them for a long time, and he like sold his house and moved mm-hmm. home. And now he doesn't live in that house anymore, right. and so he needs a new place to live, etc. But for whatever reason, he's moved into this house. I kind of like the idea that he doesn't see Reese Witherspoon right away. What happens is he's moved into this like furnished house. It's been somewhat cleaned and, and like stuff has been rearranged, but the sister doesn't maybe think that it's permanent yet. Mm-hmm. So not a lot of it's it's not fully done. So there's like a lot of evidence of who uh, Reese Witherspoon's character was as a person just sort of around the house. And Mark Ruffalo is like slowly just sort of like getting used to like the space and he's sort of, you know, finding like maybe there's like stuff left in the fridge or there's like a note left somewhere like on the inside of a medicine cabinet. So he starts to like sort of get a picture of who this person was. And the more he does that, the more brief visions he starts to have of her so like basically the more he understands who Ruth was as a person the be- the more he can see her until like she's just a permanent presence mm-hmm. um, so just drawing a connection between like sort of understanding who she was and being able to to like form this connection with her and I think we keep the rest of it kind of the same way where I think that he very quickly latches on to this idea uh, like he, we meet John Hughes the same way where it's like should I have a ghost in my house um, what, what the fuck is this um, and I think he quickly lashes onto this idea that he needs to, like, help this ghost. And I think that the sister is, like, again, maybe because it's, like, a whoever... I think maybe whoever died it may have been from, like, a long-term thing. Like, maybe the sister is, like, you're just looking for another problem to solve. Like, yeah. you just aren't used to, like, not having a problem to solve or whatever. And you're, like, making up a problem now. Um, because you don't want to, like, deal with your own bullshit or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I would keep a lot of it the same way, and then I would just, beyond that, just focus more on uh, the growing bond between the two of them. Yeah. And yeah, I would do it with the fate bullshit. I would not have any of that, yeah. and I would not have any of the, like, Agreed. oh, they were supposed to go on a date, or she knew her other sister, and they met, they were, yeah, they got set up. I would just have it be like, no, they are just, they were just two lost souls who, like, happened to connect for whatever right. reason. That's all you need. Yeah. yeah that's so much cleaner. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That's it. I love, I love all resolutions. That's it. I mean, I mean. Would you recommend it? 
like I said, this is like thoroughly fine. I would care to categorize this thoroughly fine. Like if you're a fan of rom coms and you got ninety minutes and you, you could, like Ruffalo, you could do much yeah, worse. You could do worse. Right. There there are worse ones. I, I think for me personally, like I liked thirteen going on thirty more than I liked this. I, I like think. this more than I like thirteen going on thirty. I'm I'm on Brendan's I side. really hated thirteen going on thirty <laughs> on the second watch. Yeah, no thirteen going on thirty mostly worked for me. Uh it, it, I, I think the the high concept aspects of it mostly make more sense than in this, which is kind of like a big issue that I have with it. And I think the structure, like I said, is a little lumpier here. But then again, like I said, I don't think this is a bad movie by any means. Like, certainly yeah. an imperfect one, but not a bad one. So, like, yeah, sure, you could watch this. I think if Ron comes to thing, if you want to see, like, a time capsule of <laughs> mid-2000s was like sure. in yeah. movies... Um, yeah. So I'm going to say a, a conditional yes. Yeah, it's like it's like a faint yes. Like, there's nothing very bad here, aside from Reese Witherspoon's casual racism. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing horrendous. And and um, some some truly repugnant things to say about women. Yes, that's yeah. true. From that therapist. Yeah, there, yeah. There, there are some definite, like, mid-2000s uh, beliefs being espoused yep. here. Anyway. But, you know, what are you going to do? It's the thousands. Yeah. Um, All right, guys. Come, come back, back at, us. at us in two weeks. In two weeks. <laughs> uh, hit us at the socials. We got Facebook.com slash WhyWatchPodcast. Yep. Drappack.com slash WhyWatch. I actually know these. Woo! I'm not you. Yeah. Just Drappack.com even. You don't even need Yeah, you don't even slash. really need it. Because there's because yeah. we technically it's a tag, but there's no other thing is tagged. Right, like it's so, just that pretty much, so it doesn't matter. Rate us, like us. Yes. I don't care. Follow, subscribe, whatever. Comment. Give us five stars. Yes. Do five what you got to do. <laughs> do what you got to do to live your life, baby. Yeah. Let's buy it out. Bye. Bye. It's just my